You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. And then it comes to the night before the game. How do you relax in that situation? I yeah. couldn't sleep in that situation. Well, that was, I think, what Bobby Gould was thinking. You know, we'd had our, you know, as you do, your evening meal, 7 o'clock, that is, evening meal. And uh, a few people were getting a little bit restless. You could see that. And um, Gordy said to Corky, I think, well, what do, you, what do you normally do on the night before a game? He went, have a pint. So he went, well, go on then. So we literally, the whole lot of us, Went out, we stayed at the Hotel Canazaro, which is on Wimbledon Common, and we went round the corner, and there was a little pub round the corner, and we found out afterwards, this pub, when Wimbledon, years, years, years beforehand, that was their dressing room when they used to play on Wimbledon Common. Oh, wow. So we've gone in this pub, but it was like walking into the OK Corral. Because <laughs> as the doors are open, there's yeah. all these, well, I said, there's, there's quite a lot yeah. of Wimbledon fans singing and having a few beers, and we walk in, that must it's be- like... <laughs> And then, and then uh, me and Sanchez used to have a, a pint of Guinness. Yeah. Thorny and Corky would have a pint of lager, a strong one. And then you had the ones that didn't drink Fash, Carlton. I think Vinny was probably on his juice that period in his life. And uh, so, but we was all in there. We had, a, we had our little drink and then went back to the hotel. And I just think that being together in a different environment stops you thinking and, and using up all that probably yeah. negative energy. Yeah. Or just, or just getting too excited. The fans must have gone mad. I'm, if I was... One of those Wimbledon fans. Yeah. It's just like a dream, isn't were, it? Were any of the fans like, what are you doing here? Go back to the hotel and sleep. You've got a big game tomorrow. I think you had a mixture. I think you had a, a mixture of fans thinking, go back. I've got tickets tomorrow. And the other ones were saying, well, this is what you do. Yeah. This is how you prepare yeah. the games. And this is what we've we've expected from you. And we expect uh, nothing any different. And then you play Liverpool, the greatest English team of the last 10 years. They've They've got Beardsley and they've got... Barnes and they're yeah. amazing. Yeah, they just won the Barnes, He was a one. Barnes was just yeah. unbelievable. He was player of the year that year. And did you think was, you had a chance? Yeah, we did. We all. I mean, we were the only ones who did. Yeah, you know, the rest of the country thought we were lambs to slaughter. Most of the media were saying it was going to be the the highest scoring, you know, cup final. Had they beaten you that seat? Had... We'd played probably a couple of months before, and they beat us at Anfield two one. So why were the media so? It's, it's, you've come sixth. Your whole kind of raison d'etre is to kind of get into these teams and mess them up. You'd think people would be going, this Wimbledon team is the kind of team that could cause this upset. Mm. But it was just kind of snobbishness, I suppose. I just think that Liverpool were that good. 
Yeah. And that yeah, that you know, that team they had was unbelievable. I think they'd won the, the title weeks beforehand. And they they were a really good side. And you know, the only thing we done different in our uh, preparation for the game was was Don he switched Wisey wings because Wisey normally played on the left wing cutting in. Um we you know, we again we was probably a bit ahead of our time. We had, you know, inverted uh, yeah. wingers. So yeah. we had we had a, a right foot on the left and a left foot on the right. So we'd we'd come inside. And and he switched um Wisey from left to right. So it was because Wisey was really fit. He could run for fun, mm. Wisey. Yeah. And we just felt that we'd need a little bit Clive Goodyear was our right back. We just felt that it wasn't being disrespectful to Clive, but how good John Barnes was. Yeah. If we could get someone that had the ability to be able to go forward but also get back and help out, double up on John Barnes, yeah. then that's what Wisey was asked to do and, and he worked really well, Wisey. And so the game starts, you got you get to do the coin toss, you get to do the walking on the pitch. The great a... thing was, that, you know, someone we related with was Princess Diana, as much yeah. as anything, a royal that, you know, you could kind of relate to. Yeah, as an outsider. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and we, you know, I remember in the dressing room. So Princess Diana's doing the kind she's of... She's doing the, she's coming on, she's doing the presentation, but, you know, you have all these... Um, Traditions with the cup final, yeah, 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 you know the songs, the marching bands on yeah. the pitch, and, um, and you, I, you take the royalty down the line, down the introduces that, the team. I mean, that was the thing. I, you know, I came out and, and when we get to there, you know, because three quarters of the stadium was was red and white. Yeah, you know, we had a little bit of yellow and blue, but just looking around the place and, and coming out then, and Princess Diana coming over, and I think I, I said to her, "Lucky you wore your heels today, then, because we're quite a big side." <laughs> That's yeah. a lovely line. What did she say? She actually said, well, it's not such a good idea because they sink into the grass. <laughs> so and that now I think, right, quick, move on. <laughs> Let's start introducing the boys. And this, no, it was it was a big thing for, for yeah, everybody. Yeah, of course. She's the most and famous most, person in the yeah. world. I, I always think if I'm the captain, you're going you're gonna to stitch up one of your mates and maybe introduce uh, John Fashioner as Vinnie Jones or something <laughs> like that. Did you do anything? No, no. She, uh, this is the surprising thing. She'd obviously been either prepped or done some homework, so she knew most of the most of the players. When really? you introduce, you know, you'd introduce them, and I didn't do anything what you're saying. That, that, that under, uh, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. do anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But she knew who she was talking to. Wow, yeah, really? Did yeah. she have a little line for each of them, or like go? Well, she, you know, like it was. I've looked at the photographs afterwards, and she didn't obviously say have a conversation with everyone. Yeah. She'd probably miss someone, but there was always when she's missed someone, you could see them kind of. Trying to get involved in the next conversation <laughs> that's going on. <laughs> and so the game starts. Vinnie Jones, a kind of iconic moment, a really tough tackle on Steve McMahon. Were you like, we're going to go in hard and let them know we're there? We always felt the first challenge, we win the first challenge. The first header, we win. The, you know, we wanted to be competitive to yeah. everything that we was going to have to face in the game. We wanted to be the first at it. Mm. But it was the first real tackle. Yeah, but Vinny come off worse. Yeah, he yeah. dented his eye, he didn't a, he? He got, he got a black eye, a little cut under his yeah. eye. Steve McMahon could handle himself. Yeah, Steve could. What I love about that clip as well is that he goes in, and both of them just stand up. None of yeah. neither want to show they've been hurt by that. And like you think that's so rare now, yeah. like you wouldn't just wouldn't see yeah. two like lions going at it and then just getting up and carrying. Well, it was on. the thing that we were told, you know, don't show you're hurt. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, you know. Whereas now. They're not hurt, and they show. They <laughs> pretend they are hurt. Really. So you go one nil up, half time. You're one nil up. Are you daring to dream at this point? What's being said in the dressing room? We came in at half time, and um, we were we were all right. You know, we didn't have uh, too many chances. They had a few, 
Um, I've made a couple of saves, which is important. But we came in, Wembley, it can either be scorching or, or a horrible day. It was one of those really hot days. And we came in and suddenly Don Howe, you remember being with England, uh, I think, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we've come in the doors, we've thrown this ice-cold towel. Yeah. And everyone's put, put them over your head, put them over your head, boys, put them over your heads, heads down, you know, c- calm down, you know. And that's what we was all in, you know, and then, you know, like, you could tell there's a few of us, like, we're coming, lifting the towels up and we look around. And, <laughs> every, every, and, and Bob's talking to everyone, like, you know, you can't see their heads, they've just got all these towels over them. But he was, he was trying to kind of cool your, your yeah. head temperature down to yeah. bring your... You know, your, your core temperatures down. So. Sports science. The early yeah. days of sports science. It was, science. you know, that's what I say. We, we, we were front runners, we were. <laughs> and so, you, any of you going, we could win? Like, is this... I think it was just... I can't even remember the, the chat, but I yeah. know that what we would have been saying was just, just carry on doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know, let's, you know not, mm. not let them breathe. Try and keep the ball a bit better than we are because we didn't keep the ball that well at all, especially in the second half. You know, it, it kind of was a bit of an onslaught in the second half. Penalty. I, I, is this the thing you're asked most about the penalty, would you say? It's not so much the penalty. It's people say, oh, what a great save that was. And I'm thinking, you know, well, it could have been, you know, this is why I was playing. It could have been last week. I made a decent no, cup final. It's always, a, it's always yeah, related yeah, to the cup yeah, final. Yeah. And, and it's the, the biggest save of my career. Um, the mo- it was probably a life-changing save because, yeah, you know, yeah. from, from that things happened. But, you know, the irony was that it wasn't a penalty. Yeah, yeah, he got the ball. Yeah. How much luck is there in that penalty save and how much have you researched John Aldridge? You know what you're doing. I think there's always luck, even in the yeah. research you've done. But, but in those days, you didn't see every goal like you see nowadays. You know, you, you, you got the opportunity to see everything that happens through every league. Whereas in those days, you just see match of the day in the big match. That was all. But again, we're talking because Liverpool were that good. I'd seen them probably play on TV four or five times. I'd seen John Aldridge take a couple of penalties and I'd, seen what he'd done and they they because when they played um forest in the semi-final he scored and he used to just do that, that little delay the little stutter and by that time the keeper had committed and yeah. if the keeper hadn't committed i felt he would go to my left so my job was to stand up as long as i could and stay still and again we're talking about the, the week preparing for the the cup final we had all the camera crews match of the day big match came down so um, John Motson came down to us one of our training sessions and he said there's never been a penalty saved in a cup final what will happen if John Aldridge gets a penalty so I said well he comes up he does this little stutter and then if I stand still he put it to my left so afterwards when I'm seeing the, the playback of the, the game John Motson is saying and Dave told me in the week <laughs> that if they get a penalty John, he would come up and he'd do this, and then he saved. So he was like talking oh, wow. what was, was going to happen just yeah. as it was happening, and uh, you know, saved the penalty. Went round for a corner, and and suddenly all that adrenaline. Yeah, that's and tough I, to just get back oh, into right. I've got to defend this corner, and it was probably the easiest thing I had to do all afternoon from the corner. John Barnes taking the corner, clipped it near post. I've come two hands, dropped it, but dropped it straight in front of me, and then fell on it, and that was like a we well, get back to what you're doing. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, game's up. Yeah, exactly. I suppose there will be one or two Liverpool players who haven't come up to full potential in this first hour. They trail 1-0 and uh, they're going to make a change. There is Aldridge, Beardsley, well he might score here. Penalty. Goodyear on Aldridge, Wimbledon protest at the decision. Goodyear thinks he played the ball 
And here we have high drama because Aldridge, who I think might have been replaced a moment later, is the penalty taker. And never has a penalty been missed in the FA Cup final at Wembley. Well, that's what it was given for. More of that in a moment. Dave Besant in the week told me that he's been watching where Aldridge puts his kicks. Aldridge, in fact, was the player fouled himself by Goodger. It looked a bit harsh to me. Jimmy had in a moment on that. Besson thinks that, or thought the kick might go to his left or the right as we look if Aldridge decides to go the same way as in the semi-final. He did, and he saved it and made history. The first time ever that a penalty kick has not been converted in the FA Cup final here. And Besson did guess right. His homework paid off and Wimbledon is still in the lead. I always think when a goalkeeper saves a big penalty like that, they rarely celebrate. And that goes out for a corner and you, like, you're co composed. But inside, why aren't you like, come on! Yeah. Like, well, you, you see, yeah. I mean, Fash comes up and he jumps in front of me <laughs> and then he disappears. <laughs> It's like he jumped in a hole, like, you know, he's been a, it'd been a, a big sinkhole up here, but he went down on his knees and he was like kneeling in front of me. And, I, and I'm going, come, come on, come on, focus, corner, come on. Because <laughs> the worst thing is, is you save a penalty and they go and score from yeah. the corner. Yeah, 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 worse. yeah. So you win, the crazy gang have beaten the culture club. You have to go up. It must be amazing to go up and get the cup yeah. from Princess Diana, presumably. Yeah, that was it. And um, like I say, all those cup finals I'd seen on the TV as a kid, even like as a as a pro footballer, you know, you're seeing all these you know, your predecessors, all the all the the captains go up, the great captains go up and get in. And I was in that privileged position to go up and and, and receive the trophy. And um, again, in those days, you led the team up. Now the captains tend to go at the end, and they pick the trophy up at the end. But we went up, and Wisey was, and Wisey was like a little kid. He was <laughs> bouncing. He was. He had, they, they, they put a hat on me. I thought I ain't wearing that. You put. I put it on Wisey's head, and and he's behind me. And he was. He was skipping, and then, and then Princess Diana, I can't remember what she said. Gave me my medal. Gave me the trophy. You know, done the lift and kiss and. And I could hear Wisey behind me, aye, aye, you bastards! <laughs> and you know, like, when you, you kind of, the, the whole moment you think, Wisey, there's royalty there. <laughs> <laughs> Some decorum. What was that night like? It was nothing like you'd expect. No? Are you just knackered from the kind of... I think it was, and again, beforehand, uh, typical Wimbledon way, it was, um, most teams would go to a big plush hotel and... And Stanley Reid, who was the chairman, and Sam O'Man had come to, to me as a captain and said, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to the, the Hilton? Because the Hilton was the place in those days. You and your, your wife go to the Hilton, have a nice meal, or can we have a marquee on the, um, the pitch? We'll have a marquee on the pitch, table of 10 for every player. You know, all paid for by the club. That was a yeah. table mm. of 10. That's a good night mm. out, that is. But all your families. And that's what happened. We had a table for 10. So we wasn't, like, all together. We were under the marquee, oh, that's... but we weren't, you know, like all sitting around the table, like 10 of you around the table, right, you know, yeah, going yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah. You were with your family. So yeah, you, yeah. you had your time when you got up and had a drink at a bar and you went back to your families. So it was quite a calm night. Um, but the getting home back to the hotel was, was the interesting part because everyone, everyone was out in Wimbledon. Anyone who was in was out. Couldn't get a taxi. We didn't have the, the bus had gone. We got taken back in the back of a police van. <laughs> <laughs> and we hadn't actually done anything. They were just there. and we, I thought it was going to end in a police van, but yeah, not in that yeah, way. Exactly. <laughs> it was just one of those things that we couldn't get back, and the police were there. We'd give a lift back. 
Oh, wow. Oh. That's your last game for Wimbledon. Yeah. It must... You go to Newcastle for 850 grand. It must be so weird to come out of such a kind of distinct footballing culture and go into what is a more kind of run-of-the-mill club. Did you miss being in the crazy gang when you left? It was funny because... I'll go back to our cup run because we beat Newcastle en route to winning the FA Cup and we play at St James Park and they had Mirandina. Yeah. Probably the first, first Brazilian. Brazilian. Yeah. And he had come to England. He wanted his big thing was the FA Cup. And so when we beat him and we were winding up, me and Thorny, he knows again with a back pass, so I could roll the ball to the centre half, he'd stand on it till Mirandina come and shut him down, roll the ball back to me, I'd wait for Mirandina to come to me, I'd pick it up. We had him doing doggies between the two of us. <laughs> and at the end of the game, we won 3-1. I'm shaking hands with everyone, and I've suddenly I've got booted up the backside. And as I've looked over my right shoulder, I've seen this fella running. Mirandina's running away. Mirandina's booted me up the arse <laughs> and then legged it to the fans. And the fella who was running was Mirandina's interpreter because he could see what, what he'd done. We all think it's, this fella's booted me. So a few people have gone after him. And Terry Gibson... Is legging it, and he's he's spotted me. He's chased Mirandina to the fans. It's all gone off, you know. Like he's dived into the fans to be safe there. And, and at those times, they were they were doing um, St James Park up. So we had the porter cabins behind the goal. So obviously Mirandina's been told, you know, you can't do that. You know, we've lost fair and square. You can't you can't go and boot someone after the game. So he came in. He understood no English. He's come round and he was told, you must say this. I am sorry. So he came in and he went round everyone, I am sorry. <laughs> and so because we knew he didn't understand a word we were saying, yeah. he was yeah. getting a few expletives back <laughs> there. No, we were all smiles and nodding you at the air, going, you right I'm out of here. <laughs> so, and, and, then, and then when I go to Newcastle, I go in the dressing room, get there quite early, they say, here's your peg, you're changing now. They put me next to Mirandina. <laughs> and Mirandina turns up two or three minutes before training, walks in the door, Big Dave, my friend. <laughs> His English had come on then. Yeah. <laughs> then we get to the 1990 World Cup. David Seaman was the third choice, but then got injured. Is that right? Yeah, we had, you know, we had a two-week preparation before going away, and you had your squad, and there was, you know, four goalkeepers in Peter Shield and Chris Woods, Dave Seaman, myself, and uh, I knew that I was fourth choice. You know, yeah. you know the pecking order type yeah, of thing, yeah. and I was there, but you're there in case anything happens. You're prepared for it. And so the 26 of us were, were training. And then on the last day, you know, you're waiting for the, the call. And, and Bobby Rodson said, you know, we'll speak to the people that need speaking to. I used to room with Dave Seaman just after lunch. Knock on the door. Open the door. Bobby Robson comes in. Hi, Dave. There's two of us. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in and, he's, you know, as Bobby was, he'd smile and he had his head shaking. And, and he'd look at me. And he goes, Dave, I've got some great news for you. He's looking at me. And I've kind of seen Dave, and I've seen his shoulders drop. And I'm thinking, boy, is he sure that he's got the right Dave here? You know? <laughs> but he went, you don't have to train anymore. <laughs> 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 and that's the way you broke the news to me. Wow. Um, that's a cruel way to break the news I think he didn't know how to tell someone you weren't going. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how did that feel? But you knew, didn't you? you can't, I kind of knew, but suddenly, for, for a fraction of a second, when he went Dave, I've got... Like, I'm thinking, blimey, he's, he's taking me instead of Dave, yeah. you know? But he didn't. And then they go away. And you just go off in the summer, presumably. Well, yeah. This is the thing you're told. Keep yourself ticking over. Now, you don't tick over. You, you, got, you go for a run now and again. 
don't do any goalkeeping because you haven't got the facilities to do it. No one, everyone else is on their holidays that can kick the ball where you want it kicked at you. Yeah. Um, and I was at uh, a golf day, Dave Bassett's golf day, playing golf, and then I get in and people are counting me, Dave, Dave, you, you've got to go to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's on teletext. <laughs> it was on CFAX, you know. Amazing. He was, wow. he was saying that Bobby Robson is trying to contact Dave Besson <laughs> because <laughs> Dave Seaman is injured and he's got to go to the World That's Cup. That's amazing. Wow. You must have thought, how have they got this on the screen? This fake this CFAX. <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable. You, you, you can't write it, really. The yeah. fact that you're playing golf and you're told you've got to go. So... I get packed up and I go that out. That must have just felt was, awesome. what, do, what do you do? Do you call someone? What do you do? When I got home, because I didn't, you didn't have mobile phones, when I got home, I'd had calls at home because no one could contact me because I'm on the golf course. Yeah. And so you get home and then you have to call, I think it was Michelle from the FA who does all the organising. <laughs> right, you've got a flight tomorrow morning at this time. You've got to get to Turin. And, um, wow. And that was it. You know? What an experience. And I had the suit, because that was the other thing. We, we all had our suits, you know, so I didn't suddenly have to go and buy a suit to, <laughs> with an England badge on it. So we had our suits made before we all, you know, um, got told we weren't going. Yeah. And then you get there to the squad. So how many days before the World Cup is this? No, this is the World Cup's... We've kicked off. Oh, we've kicked we, off? We yeah. played the game against um, Ireland. Ireland. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we'd, we'd drawn one all, and then I go out there for the next two games, and we drew with Holland. And your third choice, you're thinking, I'm not going to get on the pitch here, presumably. You're, at, you're thinking, I'm just an amazing kind of jolly, in a way. What are you doing with your days? So are you training seriously? And you? Well, the thing is, is because I haven't trained for two or three weeks, and now we're, we're in Italy where... It's, it's warmer in Sardinia training. And the one thing I found was the ball was flying so much quicker or m my reactions had got so much slower in those <laughs> two weeks, two or three yeah. weeks. So I found it quite difficult to adjust the training. You know, balls were flying past me. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, we can't, we can't have this for too long. But the strange thing was when, when I arrived there, we had the whole hotel to ourselves and, and um, take your say, right, this is the, the leisure complex, which was where we had pool and table tennis and we had a screen to watch TV and... And Neil Webb was injured. And, uh, and I get on a new Webby from, you know, you know people a bit more than you do others. And, and Webby went, Dave, Dave. You know, and he's, I looked at him, I thought, he looks a bit, you know, like glazy-eyed. You know, he looks like he's had a drink. And he's got a coffee cup and saucer and he's sitting there and, do you want um, a coffee? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not really a coffee. No, do you want a... And he kind of called this... He'd got this waiter on tap... It was brandy. <laughs> I had a brandy in a coffee cup because he was injured, he couldn't train, and, and yeah. like, he was, he, you know, he, he didn't really do anything for much of the tournament. But so we play the the game against Holland, draw one all, and he came. We've got a table, and Bobby used to give you a drink after the game. You could have a so a couple of bottles of beer at every position, and that's when Peter Beersy got really, really popular. Because he didn't drink, <laughs> so everyone wanted to sit next to Peter and then slide his drink over to to yours. And I mean, this was the thing, you know. It was was it a good spirit? Like it was. What was Gaza like in that situation? Gaza, Gaza was crucial. Yeah, uh, you know, and because of what happened um, to Brian Robson, yeah, he broke his toe. He he kind of, I think he stubbed it on um on a bed. Was it? No, it's actually in. It's strange because going from the the bedroom into the bathroom, we had a marble plinth. Mm. And he'd stubbed it on that in the night and broke his toe. Oh, what a heartbreak. And, and so because of that, he was out of the team and he was integral to the way England played, yeah, captain. Yeah. We changed the system. And Gazza comes in. Gazza, it was Gazza or Platty and suddenly the two of them were in the team. 
we had um, the three centre halves with Wrighty, Des Walker, and Toe Butch. Butcher. Then you had the fullbacks in Stuart Pearce and Paul Parker, who, who would push yeah. on a bit more. So we we kind of went to a three at the back. Yeah. And was Gaza like how you imagine him around the place? Is it constant? Was it constant energy? And he's like this kind of. You know that you know Gaza's like hyper. He's hyperactive. Yeah. He can't sit still. And and he'd be knock, you know at two o'clock in the morning getting a knock on the door. Want to game of table tennis? <laughs> 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 And, and like you know, I was a type that would bounce off with, with Gaza. Yeah. Just like you've said, your third choice. You generally think, you know, I'm here to for training to make the numbers up, so I can probably do things with, yeah, to, to keep someone happy as well. Yeah, you know, like yeah, to keep yeah. him happy. And and so we were we were quite pally. And obviously, his big mate is Chrissy Waddle. So yeah. Waddler was there as well. You know, he was he was trying to keep him. You know, calm. And um, on match day, so your third choice, so you're not on the. It's not one like these days where the whole squad's on the bench. Yeah. What are you do? Are you, do you get to go in the dressing room, or are you kind of filtered off with the people that aren't involved in the match day? No, we we'd be part of the the team until it come to you know we're preparing for the game now. So when it comes to actually the game prep um, in the dressing room where they're you know yeah. shin pads and boots and Bobby's talking and Don's talking. Then we'd be out on the bench waiting for the game to start. So like, you're sat on the bench. We sat on the bench. Yeah, we was always out on the bench, you know, part mm. of the squad. So, so we had this huge long bench, and uh, and yeah, we was out there. So and you got your kit on, or is that a suit? No tracksuit. No, track we just, so we'd always turn yeah, up, yeah. and we'd the whole squad would turn up in in a tracksuit. Right, uh, right. So we'd be on the bench in tracksuits, and the subs would be in the same tracksuit. So you looked like you was probably yeah, yeah, part yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. And wow. what's let's go. to... Well, first, an interesting game is the Cameroon one, where there's kind of this feeling that England underestimated Cameroon. Did that feel like that happened in the... I don't think it was actually an underestimation. I think that they were just far better than anyone had given them any credit for. Yeah. You know, and I don't think, that, like I say, we didn't take them lightly. Just they were a big that... physical team as well, weren't they? And, and you know, with especially the African nation, they can run. Yeah. yeah, you know they can keep going, and and again, you know, we found it with the the temperature. It was hot and it was draining, and and they just kept going and going and going, and and the fact that you know we beat them how we did in the latter stages as well. Yeah, was yeah. a very different story. Yeah. And yeah. then you get to Turin for the game against West Germany. The build up to that must have been very kind of intense. And were the team thinking about winning the World Cup? I think. Um, We'd started to understand what was going on back home. Yeah. And that was a massive thing to us, the fact that the whole nation had, had bought into the football mm. team. Because before that, it wasn't, you know, people, yeah. you know, Bobby Robson was under a bit of pressure. But the progress and the fans, you know, you know we could always see what was going on in the, in the especially the ones not playing, could see the, you know, the less all over disco and the, the congas going around the terraces <laughs> from the England fans. And they were brilliant. They were fantastic. Yeah. But we didn't realise what had happened back here. Mm. You know, how, how the people were taking it to heart. But, you know, it was one of those that, again, the preparation is no different. Yeah. I don't think you can take games. Obviously, the, you've got the things that are going on around you are slightly different. Police escorts to the games and you've got police guard. And we went, we trained, um, I think, at Juventus's summer training camp, which is up in the, the hills a bit more. So it's yeah. a bit more altitude. But, you know, that's the thing you, you find. You, you just change bases. The further you progress, mm -hmm. the more you're changing hotels and changing bases. And I think we was actually allowed to... Our partners were allowed to come over for one night. <laughs> because we got to the semi-final, they were flown out and allowed to, to yeah. be with you for, for one night. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was knackered the next day. Eh? <laughs> um, so then, England against West Germany. 
Did you clock Gaza get like what was happening with Gaza getting the yellow card and with him crying? And you see, obviously, Lineker look over yeah. at Bobby Robson. You're on the bench at that point. Are you yeah. watching this unfold? You knew, you knew what was going to happen. You knew as soon as he got booked, he was going to miss potentially yeah. the, the final if we get there. And obviously, the worry was he'd do something stupid. Yeah. You know, the fact that he, you know, he is such a an emotional character, but. No, I think he just he controlled himself as he as he had to do, and in a way, that was the only thing. That if if Gaza hadn't been able to play, if we did reach the cup, the World Cup final, and he hadn't been able to play, it'd have been a travesty from his point of view. And I don't know what happened, would have happened with us. Yeah, you know, we'd have fared without him. Are you aware of the myth surrounding you in this game? Yes, which is obviously untrue. Yeah, which is that you there was a talk of you coming on, but obviously you weren't on the bench. Was it because you were a penalty-saving expert? Yeah. When was the first you heard about it? Is there any, any talk of that or any idea of that in the camp? No, because, as you've said, that I wasn't named sub. Yeah. You had to be a named sub. But the thing is, I'm in the area of my tracks, and people are probably thinking you're on the bench. And, yeah. and people who have looked back at the, the footage have seen you on the bench. Yeah. So why didn't they bring him on You know, for the last few minutes? And Would you have liked that? It'd have put a hell of a lot of pressure on you because you imagine <laughs> something happened in the last minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're so fresh. I'd have never been able to get off an aeroplane and come back to this country if something had happened in the last minute and you got on the pitch. But Did um, you talk to Shilton about penalties? So there's that downtime. No, it's funny because Schultz was was his own man. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine And he that. definitely wouldn't have taken any information or <laughs> anything from me. Well, have you heard his penalty saving kind of tactics are to just wait yeah. and try and guess? Yeah. You, you're not, you don't subscribe to that school? No. Were <laughs> you watching those penalties thinking how to save that one? In your head. Yes, <laughs> your face says yeah. it all. Yeah. In your head when whoever's stepping up, Andrus Bramer or whatever, are you thinking, if this was me, I'd be going this yeah. way? That's what. That's exactly what I'm doing, sitting on the bench, right? I'll go, I'll go left, go left. Go. And then go left. And, go. and then Shields would go left, but after the ball's nestled in the corner of the net. <laughs> yeah. So you can officially say that from your position, you would have saved at least. Well, uh, listen, put, putting, it, putting it mildly is that You've got no chance of saving a penalty if you stand still yeah. until I'm they've kicked to, it. Yeah. Until yeah. they've kicked it. Yeah. If it's in the corners, you've got no chance whatsoever. And Sam Herman could have probably scored <laughs> you know, if you stand still. Like, with his brogues on. With his brogues on. But if you anticipate, then all right, you might go the wrong way a few times, but um, if you go the right way, you're going to have a great chance of saving. And some of those penalties were safe, quite safe. Yeah. And what then was what was it like after the game? It was horrible. Yeah. It was really like, you know, down, down in the dressing room, quite emotional. Obviously, Gaza was upset. You know, Bobby was, was disappointed. You could see he was disappointed. But then we get on the bus and Gaza, Gaza went to Shields. Oi, any chance of you saving a penalty? <laughs> <laughs> and how did that exactly go Exactly that. It did go down too well. But he, he said... He said he did say I went the right way every time. <laughs> of course, oh, so Shilton. Oh, there's so another. Pathetic. There's another Shilton story with it, which might have affected you in the third place playoff. Mm. Uh, they wanted to play the players that hadn't got a game, yeah. so that would have been Chris Woods. Yeah. But Shilton refused to step down. Is that true? Who do you hear that from? That's like in, I've heard it's that just in public. Out there, yeah, yeah, it is out there. Yeah, that was one thing. Like because you know the worst thing is after losing, you've got to train because you've got this game coming up. And uh, Bobby went, right, all the lads that haven't got a cap will play. So you would have played? So I would have played. So Woodsy would have started and I'd have come on the sub. Yeah. That's what he'd said. He said, so everyone, there was only myself, uh, Chris Woods, 
Tony Dorio, and I think Webby because he was injured. Because he was drunk. <laughs> Sobered up by then. <laughs> who, who hadn't played. You know, everyone else yeah. had been involved in, in one way or another. And uh, Shields went, Gaffer, it's going to be my 125th game and I want to play and I want to finish it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Woodsy looked at me and I looked at Woodsy and kind of we shook our head thinking, you know, now we've... A World Cup cap is, you know, you get your caps, but a World Cup cap, to, to yeah. say, you know, you've got your cap and who you played against, it was a massive thing for us. And, yeah. Uh, and then you know the story, obviously, with the game. Well, he was at fault for the goal. For the goal, he was dribbling the ball, and I'm not sure whether it's Scalacci or Baggio took it off him and put it in the net. Yeah. And I'm saying, we've got this long bench, and Woodsy's one end of the bench, and I'm the other end of the bench, and we both kind of lean forward <laughs> to look at each other, and you could just see like a few shoulders like moving around. Because it, it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, the great thing from being a loser... And I know that you shouldn't take anything from losing, but saying that to go to a World Cup and have anything to bring back from a World Cup is massive. And once you knew you was in the semi-final, you know you've got a medal. And the the third and fourth game is irrelevant. Oh, yeah. You know, so mm. both teams have got their medals. We got them presented before the game, I think. <laughs> so we've got... Because that was the only time... And is there, like, a nice atmosphere with you and the Italians and stuff? And that? Oh, they, they wanted our kit. You know, it was like really they wanted the shirt. Oh, they wanted our shirt. Everyone wanted an England England shirts were, were <gasps> huge for everybody. Then. Wow. You know, they wanted like probably like a Brazil shirt is to us. Yeah. You know, I want, I want, especially if you could get a certain person's one, it was even more so. After the game, it'd be right. We swap shirts after the game. They came into the dressing room after the game. Kit bag. <laughs> your, your kit bag, my kit bag. We swapped kit bags. They wanted an, an industrial amount I, of English. They wanted shows. everything. Training kit. They wanted everything. <laughs> so did well, you give your goalkeeper shirt away? Yeah. yeah. So my, what have you got from that World well, Cup? The, the thing is, is when you go to a tournament, you always have two shirts. Yeah, yeah. So for each game, so you've got the, the the team you play against. Yeah. So you get a shirt to swap and a shirt to keep. Because okay. that's what that's the thing is, a lot of the time when you see players say, first they don't want to strip off on the pitch. A lot of times they say in the dressing room, you can see them pointing in the dressing room yeah. because they've got another shirt, yeah, which they would give them that because it's, it's the shirt. If especially if you make a debut, yeah, you're saying I, I don't want to give my shirt. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I want to yeah. wear. I want my shirt. You can have my spare shirt. It's got my name on it. Wherever it's got, got to. So you've still got. And do you go shirt. into each other's dressing rooms? And is there that kind of? Feeling? It tends to be the kit man. Right. The kit man would go in unless you've organised it with on the pitch who you're going to swap with. Then the kit man would go in and say, right, there's ten England shirts there. Give yeah, us ten. Okay. You know, and then you're all scrabbling for Scalacci. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. Although in those days it was just the numbers, wasn't it? So oh, you didn't right. have the names on the shirts. Yeah. So. Did you ever negotiate a shirt swap while a match was playing? No. no. I didn't do anything like that. <laughs> well, I want to bust another myth just around this early 90s time. Obviously, if you, if you Google yourself and look at different rumours, there's the rumour <laughs> that you dropped a tub of salad cream on your toes and severed your tendons in a, 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 one of the biggest freak accidents of the yeah. 90s, surely. Is that true? Uh, it's true to an extent. I didn't drop it, which okay. is which is which kills the story. A little bit. In fact, I knocked it out. Punched of, uh, it. I punched <laughs> it clear. I knocked it. I had, a, I had a really for some reason. I had a, uh, not for some reason. I had a deep larder. I had a larder at home. Where I was to keep my tea bags at the back. Uh, don't know why. That's bad. Probably because they were oh, quite. That's... Probably because they were quite high. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have the big things at the front, do you? Yeah. No. yeah my wife does this. And and as I I went to the back. At the front was a jar of salad cream, and as I've got the tea bags out, oh. I've knocked the jar of salad cream with my elbow out the fashion. Was it a glass jar? Or was it a glass jar? Oh my god! Glass jar, and it's fallen. I've got no because it's in the morning. I've got no shoes on, oh. and I've done the football thing. I've tried to break <laughs> it, it with my foot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
and it's hit my foot and then bounced on the floor and smashed. And I've cut my foot, and now the blood is trickling into the mayonnaise, which make it look like Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> it, looked, it looked quite good, actually. Uh, but, um, but I only had a, a cut of probably about a half inch, yeah. but it went, it went straight to the bone. Oh. And, uh, and yeah, it's my worst ever injury. I was out for three months. It finished my career at Chelsea. No, wow. What was it like at Chelsea? What was playing under Ken Bates and like? Ken was interesting. You've yeah, played, you've, you're chairman in the night. Right? <laughs> Sam the man, Ken Bates. Yeah. Well, they they got on well together, the two of them. Actually, oh, I bet they did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ken lived quite close to me. He had a farm. He had a dairy farm where he used to do great ice cream, which is really nice. <laughs> um, but that's uh, that's the only thing that uh, used to get out of Ken was it made me a bit of ice cream. Now. <laughs> Funny, he looks a bit like an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, he, he, was, he was okay to work under. He was he was non-negotiable in many departments. Like when it come to me signing from Newcastle, I'd signed a five-year contract in Newcastle, and you don't get your salaries, but you get any signing-on fees you're due because you didn't ask for a transfer. So I had I'd four, four more years signing-on fees to come. So when I go to Chelsea, I sign for five years at Chelsea. So I want same signing-on fees. And so Ken Bates says, well, you've just got your four years from them. I don't want to give you any more. And, like, it was more or less... And, I, you know, I was quite... I wanted to come back to Chelsea. Yeah. Um... So it was one that uh, it was definitely non-negotiable. Was, uh, I'm saying, well, Ken, but mm, no, you can have some ice cream. <laughs> really? um, and then you Southampton, Nottingham Forest. So you play. By the time you signed for Nottingham Forest in 1997, you're 38. What's it like being kind of older than everyone else in the team? And like, do you feel as a goalie at that point you're thinking this is over? Or I could go on for years more. Or I probably felt at my fittest. Because I knew that I had to to work a little bit harder. Mm. Yeah, um, it wasn't one of those where you suddenly see nowadays they're, they're saying if you're a little bit old they take take their foot off the pedal a little bit. Um, I found I worked harder. I'd done things that I never used to do in my early stage of my career. So I I got in the gym quite a bit doing weights and so toning yourself up a little bit. The the dietitians had just started to come in then, so we'd started to take the creatine, which was helpful to yourselves you, we knew what to eat and Dave Bassett signed me so he knew about me he, he knew me yeah. he knew exactly what I was like he knew my personality and he probably felt that he needed someone like that in his dressing room um, because that was the one thing I found people didn't like Wimbledon as a team but suddenly you know and I think the cup final was the beginning of the downfall for for Wimbledon the fact that suddenly people thought you know they're not bad them lot so they started to pick the players you know I left Thorny left, Terry Phelan left, yeah. Dennis Wise left, Vinny left, Fash left. You know, suddenly the the team had been picked apart, and I, I think that people were looking, thinking, "I want a little bit of that in my team." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's their way of getting it. And when you go to clubs, like when, whichever club I went to, there was someone in that dressing room that I'm thinking, "You would have fitted in perfectly," <laughs> you know. And then you bounce off of that person, and you start, you know, you, you start creating that same type of atmosphere yeah. in in that dressing room. And I think that's what. Harry, as well as needing a goalkeeper, he thought that I would fit in well to that dressing room, and mm. and it did. It, it worked. It worked really well. And that season, we won the title. So at 38, you know, you, you win the championship again to get promoted to the the prem. And uh, I, I felt yeah. I was I was better equipped. You played till 42 at Forest. As recently at uh, 2014, you were named on the subs bench at 55 for Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would have happened had you have to come on? What would that have looked like? Oh, it would have looked quite funny. I mean, it would have looked, but the, the, how, it, how it came about was 
I went to Stevenage because my son was there. My son was the goalkeeper for Stevenage. They were going for playoffs, and toward the end of the what season, what league was this in? This was in League Two. Oh, right, it's a football yeah, league. Yeah, football league, yeah, yeah. And he's his appendix burst. And occasionally, when someone was in, if a goalkeeper was in, I used to join in the training sessions. And Graham Wesley was quite a, a taskmaster in his own ways. When I used to train, whichever team I was in, we used to always win. And he was, he's, he'd get the hump with it. He'd go, how come he's 60 years old, which I weren't, <laughs> he's 60 years old and his team always win. And the players go, the ones that obviously in the winning team would say the reasons why. And what were the reasons? He's talking to us all the time. He's putting us in the right positions. His information is unbelievable. And then when it comes to making a save, I could still make the save. And then when we get to the stage where he said to me, I want you to go on the bench. The only is the goalkeeper who was in goal was Chris Day. Yeah. And Chris Day was 40. <laughs> so our combined total age is 95, 95. years of age. A <laughs> lot of experience. Yeah, lot of experience. <laughs> I actually said to Graham, which I said, to be fair, if you want to stick me on the bench, you might as well play me. <laughs> and he, you could see it was in his mind thinking, because he, he liked a little story as well. You know, <laughs> I, I played Dave. And... Um, we have a feature on our show called uh, Do I Remember This Right? And basically we let listeners send emails in with things they think they remember and then we try and adjudicate whether or not they happen. But actually today, we've got two stories that are about you and things that listeners claim to remember. And so I wanted to put those stories to you to see whether or not these are true. So this first one's from uh, Jag Mundy. It says, Hi, gents. Greetings from France. Not technically 90s, but I hope you'll allow the concession as it's 80s and not noughties. I have a vague memory that on a Wimbledon FC VHS compilation I once owned, Wimbledon played in a game where they scored a goal during which the opposition goalkeeper was slightly injured, but not bad enough for play to stop. As the opposing team kicked off, their players passed it back to the goalkeeper, not noticing he was still rubbing his injured leg, and the ball rolled past him straight into his own net. So effectively, Wimbledon scored two goals with only one touch of the ball. Do I remember this right, Jag? Exactly. True? True. Exactly. That's Cup. true. FA Cup, I think it was. Wow. <laughs> Portsmouth. Portsmouth? Yeah, Portsmouth. <laughs> at Plough Lane. Um, we had a free kick. Uh, I think Kevin Gage took the free kick. It was saved by Alan Knight, the goalkeeper. But he'd parried it out. And it was one of those ones where we got a chance of scoring. I think it was Corky. And Corky flew in, got the ball, got Knightsey as well. So we go one nil up. And Knightsey hurt his knee. Yeah. And he's rubbing his knee from kickoff. So they're kickoff. So without touching the ball, it's gone back, back. And Noel Blake was the centre half. Yeah. He just tur- turned, played the ball blind. Knights is rubbing his knee, and the ball just rolls past him. <laughs> Two nil up. Unbelievable. That's amazing. Oh, I can't believe that's true. Okay. Oh, now this one. That was quickly. That's reminding me of a thing. For my mum's family from Liverpool, and sort of grew up in the shadow of Anfield. I just remember that my uncle used to tell me a story, and he swears that once at Anfield, he saw you find like a gold chain, like in the mud. It was like a really boggy mud goal. <laughs> and you reached down and you pulled out like a big, like, gold chain. And we always took the piss out of him. We are like, Dave Fesson's not like a mudlark. <laughs> no, what he couldn't see, I, I had one of those metal detectors while I was <laughs> Because the amount of coins that are thrown at goalkeepers, I could, I could be well, on my way to making my first million. <laughs> but you don't remember finding the chain? I don't remember finding the chain, but there was, like I say, some of the things that, I'd had thrown at me during my time, um, range from a dart, a dart, a dart, a snooker ball, <gasps> a snooker ball, a battery, and not the batteries that little, but you know, remember the, the square big ones. square battery with the with the coils, yeah, <laughs> them, and obviously, obviously that, you know, like two peas are quite, you know, you can't throw them with any great accuracy because they yeah. they're a bit light, so 
the heavier the coin, the easier it's yeah. going to fly straight. So some of the, you know, like 50p's, pound coins, would always be thrown in the back of the goal. Oh, oh man. man. It's quite, that's a hard thing about being a goalkeeper, isn't it? Just the proximity to the crowd. You're having to stand there, especially at some, maybe someone like the Dell or something. Was there any grounds you found really intimidating that you hated going Millwall. to? Because, Millwall. <laughs> the old den. Oh. The old den used to come out behind, the, the tunnel was behind the goal. And you'd come out and and then when the book, because they were fenced, I think they were fenced off before you needed fences. <laughs> and um, the ball would go over the, the bar into them like, and you think, oh, no. And they'd be standing there with the ball in their hand. Yeah. And you'll be standing, we'll, we'll throw it over then. No, no, come and get it. <laughs> and that's how, that's how it would be, you know, like it was it was always like a, a standoff and in the end you'd, another ball would be thrown on the pitch and then as you're about to take a goal kick, they'd throw, they'd throw the ball back over again. <laughs> you know, all, those, all those type of things. Um, right, do you want to do this final one? Yeah, and this final one from Desmond. I think I might remember this. I've read this and thought, okay, I think I think this happened. It's from Desmond Pugh. Hi, chaps. I've listened to every episode and wanted to see if this would be mentioned. As a fan of 90s football and Saturday Night TV, I remember watching Noel Edmonds' house party as a kid <laughs> and the show having a segment where people at home would phone up and could fire a ball via some sort of machine at a Premier League goalkeeper and won cash for every penalty scored. Do I remember this right, that Nottingham Forest goalkeeper Dave Besson appeared on one of the last shows before Noel's party was axed by the BBC and had several of these shots fired at him and he couldn't get anywhere near them. The contestants scored every single shot. The show aired on the same day that Nottingham Forest lost 8-1 to Man United in 99. <laughs> and to make things worse, even and even more hilarious, Noel was taking the piss out of Besson saying things like, we should have booked Mark Crossley and it's not Colin York <laughs> facing you now. Did that. this happen? Regards, Desmond. I can remember being on the show. I can't remember... Because um, it was... You know, do you remember... Again, you lot won't remember. They had a thing called a golden shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used yeah. to have a crossbow and, you know... On the camera, they'd be a target were, on the camera. They, they were, yeah, they were blindfolded and they'd be told what to do. The same thing would happen. These these people on the TV can see what's going on. Yeah. I can't see where this thing's aiming. <laughs> right, right. And they'd, they'd put it in the top, aim in the top corner, and then this machine would fire the ball. <laughs> and it was only from about 10 yards. <laughs> and it fired the ball, and you'd think, you, you go, oh, what was that? There's another one. You know, and that's exactly what happened. The balls were flying all over the place. <laughs> I can't remember whether it's on the the day. Of, God, that, that was, I definitely wouldn't have gone out that night. So. <laughs> you could, couldn't have been. No, yeah. was part. It was on at like half six. There's yeah, no way yeah. you were playing in a match yeah. that day. Yeah. No, it, it might have been aired that day. I don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah, but yeah. no, the filming was done during the week. But no, it was one of those things that you just didn't have a clue where the ball was going. And it, <laughs> you probably did. You probably so, got it quite a lot. Uh, did you do you bet as well with Saturday Night TV? See, this is all Eric Hall. <laughs> really? It was Eric Hall your agent eventually? Yeah, because this is what happened after the after the cup final. He became, you know, I got the movie, he became the agent. But he, I say he was a TV, he was a celebrity. So all these evening game shows, yeah. I was doing them all. They're all the things, that, some of those things I look back at thinking, you know, why did I do those? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's been amazing talking to you, Dave. We always end with the same question. We should take it back further. Yeah, we? we usually say, would you like, if we give, gave you the option of going back to the 1st of January 1990, would you? But I think, you know, the crazy gang had such a great time in the 80s. What about the 1st of January 1980? If I offered you the chance to go back now and do it all again from the 1st of January 1980, would you? If if I knew it was going to be as it was, yeah, no problem at all. I'd go, I'd, I'd go back there and I'd, I'd be there yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but this is the thing, like I say, you know, Wimbledon couldn't be Wimbledon today. It was of his age. It, it definitely was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I said, when I went, just lastly, when I signed, I just started playing, you know, from school, the amateur football, and 17, I just started to enjoy a social life. 
started yeah. to have the beer with the boys. And then when I signed pro, it was, like I say, it was a thing I'd always wanted to do was play professional football. And I had one little doubt. I was thinking, oh, my social life is going to change now. I just started to, you know, yeah. understand a few things, women and <laughs> things like that. I said, it's going to change. My social life got better. <laughs> we had the nightclub under the stand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Perfect. Dave Besson, thank you very thank much. You. That was Dave Besson. I, I got lost in his eyes, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Him. Lovely man. Genuinely, afterwards, Skull, you couldn't stop smiling. You said, I just, I had the best time. It was so much fun. It's the only time we've ever overran our time at the podcast studio. He didn't even scratch on the surface of his time at Southampton. And I think as well, I always thought the crazy gang is like, they're quite hard men. I mean, essentially, they're a gang of bullies, really. And that, uh, I you didn't be like the crazy gang, and I came out of this loving the crazy gang. Yeah. Dave was a, nor- he was a normal guy, wasn't he? Yeah. He wasn't, yeah. It wasn't like, you can see how it would be so great to be a part of that gang. They're actually, you know... He's an, he's like, he's just struck Can me I just say, though, Skull, they'd have eaten you for fucking <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Mate, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have got past the initiation. They'd absolutely have sniffed you out as a fraud before you knew it. Wait, would you have got in the skip? <laughs> I wouldn't have got in the skip. I don't think I'd have got out. He had, um, he had massive hands, which is not surprising as a goalkeeper. No. But I've got quite big hands, and when I shook his hand, I felt like a child. Could I Je- just say, I didn't want to mention this at the time, I don't remember when we used to have wicker skips. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, well, all right, I'll go with that. I'm not going to... It's not a point to bring up now, but, but I don't remember the wicker yes. skip here. I applaud you for being brave enough to admit that, because I didn't know what he was on about. <laughs> <laughs> and I just assumed you two nodded along that... But I wasn't going to go, what the hell are you talking about? How does a wicker skip work? Because surely people have been in, like, metal and yeah. that. It's not strong enough. They, How what, do you make a wicker skip? Do you think he's it? gone back on that Wimbledon group and gone, I pulled the wicker skip? <laughs> joke on him. <laughs> Dennis Wise has bet him a tenner that he can't get wicker skips into. It's like, like a tartan paint. <laughs> when the England team were dropping uh, song lyrics in. <laughs> it's one of those um, wicker skips. <laughs> Not a thing. Not if you've ever thing. seen a wicker skip, do get in touch and this is how. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. OK, quiz this week, Michael? Yeah, it's a familiar favourite starting 11. You all know the deal by now. Chris and Josh face off against each other in a game where they pick the players from the starting 11 of a famous game from the 90s. Now, in this instance, we're going to roll back slightly in honour of our guest today, Dave Besant. And the match in question is, of course, the 1988 FA Cup final Wimbledon versus Liverpool. The winner gets to pick which song plays out of the end of the show. And Chris, you are going to go first. I would be shocked if you don't win this, Josh. Well, we've got a lot of information today on it. <laughs> yes. Steve Nichol. Correct. Dave Besson. Correct. Vinnie Jones. Correct. Steve McMahon. Correct. John Aldridge. Correct. There's a world in which you Laurie get... Sanchez. Correct. Bruce Grobbler. Correct. John Barnes. Correct. Um, we had Laurie Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dennis Wise. Correct. Have we had Fash the Bash? 
We have not. Correct. <laughs> I feel like this is a, an acceptable standard of game now. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've done well there. Um, Peter Beardsley. Oh, correct. You're now in territory where most of these other ones you're not getting now. It's basically sudden death, I think. I mean, you're now in territory where someone might have been injured. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, we've had Dave Besant. We have no Wimbledon defenders. We've had, in the midfield, we've had Dennis Wise and Vinnie Jones. Yeah. And we've had John Fashioner up front. Yeah. Aldridge and Beersley up front. Yeah. Barnes. Yeah. McMahon. Mm-hmm. Nickel. Yeah. And Grobelar. Correct. Alan Hansen. Correct. Have we said the Liverpool's right midfielder? We have not. Ray Houghton. Correct. Oh! oh this is top work. <laughs> this is great, isn't it? Okay. So I, I'm not confident on any other Liverpool players. So I'm going to move on to the Wimbledon team. Oh, I want to say Eric Young. You want to, but are you going to? Yeah. Correct. Oh! Wow, that's a deep pull. I wouldn't have got Eric, Eric Young. Young. Good God. He was a centre back, wasn't he? He used to wear a headband. He was, yeah, centre back, number five. Uh, Good number of centre back. Have we said Wimbledon's right back. You have not. Oh, I know who you're going for. Am I? I don't even know if, if there's something Dave Besson said. <laughs> N- Neil Webb. Is that what oh, you were thinking? No, nightmare. No. Incorrect. Oh. Skulls lost a life. Oh, is that all a life? Terry Phelan. Correct. Oh! <laughs> He's got him on the ropes now. There's not many Liverpools left. Is Nicola defender or a midfielder? He is a right-back. So there's a centre-back and a left-back and a midfielder left, yeah? For Liverpool, you've been missing one centre-back, yeah. their left-back and a centre-midfielder. You've obviously got substitutes that you could get, but you've got to pick again. Uh, and then for Wimbledon, you have the right-back, another centre-back and the right-winger. And centre forward. How likely are we to get any of these players? Uh, I would be surprised if you got. You definitely won't get two of the three Liverpool players because I think you won't remember them or they're not synonymous with that Liverpool okay. team. There is one women player who was mentioned during yeah, the interview okay. with Dave Besson. Oh, I've got to go on that. I'm going to have a go at it. Okay. I'm going to. Oh, is it my go? It's, yeah, it's, it's Chris to go. win it for me. Wally Downs. Oh! He was mentioned. He was mentioned. He was synonymous with Wimbledon, Mr. No, Wimbledon, according to Dave Besson. He was probably retired by then. He was not part of that squad. Oh. Oh. Can Josh. I have some punts? Yeah. Like victory lap punts? Yeah. Andy Thorne, he mentioned? Correct. Oh, wow. He mentioned him. I had no idea. That's the other centre-back. Mark Wright? Uh, Too early for no. Mark. Was it Gary Ablett? Gary oh, Ablett, wow. Gary Ablett. Yep, correct. There's the left-back for Liverpool. So, so what are we looking for? Liverpool centre back. Yeah, the yeah Alan Hansen's defensive partner. I've got uh, no idea. Was Gary Gillespie? Oh yeah, I would have got that. And then the other centre midfielder for Liverpool must be a big. Michael game. Thomas? No. Nigel Spackman. Nigel Spackman. Really? Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, and then the right back who gave away the penalty for Wimbledon, who was mentioned, was uh, Clyde Goodyear, and right winger Alan Cork. Oh, Alan Cork, I Alan could have got. Cork, and yeah. the other centre forward was Terry Gibson. No. And then substitutes for Wimbledon, John Scales. Ooh. And Laurie Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> Subs for Liverpool, Craig Johnson and Jan Mulby. Absolutely great. Oh, Mulby. Absolutely. Very strong work. Enjoyed it. 
yeah. great fun. Astonishing to think Mulby was not picked and Spackman was. <laughs> so, um, Josh, as the winner, you get to pick out which song? Well, well I just want the Wimbledon 1988 FA Cup song. Or would you have preferred, like, as Dave Bessant wanted, the Wombles of Wimbledon? Oh, yeah, much better. Let's go with that instead. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.